Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. Technology should advance and enhance and provide safety for veterans. And so even just like help VA healthcare, a veteran should not have to wait months. Um, a veteran should not have to wait longer than three weeks to get seen, um, especially for mental health. In the Women Who Code Career Nav segment of our show, you'll hear real-world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. Welcome. Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. Um, This podcast episode is um, around the topic of veterans and technology. Uh, My name is Michelle. I am Director of Partnerships here at Women Who Code, and I have an amazing guest joining us today, Jordan Miller, the CISCROM at Boeing. Welcome, Jordan. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Awesome. So I would um, be more than happy to give you all a quick bio about um, the amazing work that Jordan being um, doing around um, veterans and technology. So Jordan is security CROMs specialist at Bo- at the Boeing company, both internal and external to Boeing. You may see Jordan sharing her deep cybersecurity expertise and championing diversity and inclusion. Jordan was recently celebrated at the 2023 Black Engineer of the Year Awards, receiving the Modern Day Technology Leadership Award. In 2022, she received the Women of Color Technology Rising Star Award and the Boeing Diversity Council People's Choice Award. She is also a 2023 recipient of the Women of Code 100 Technologists to Watch Award. Jordan joined the US military in March 2010, serving at multiple bases. Thank you so much, Jordan, for your service. Her role focused, you're welcome. Her role focused on supply chain management, a significant motivator for Jordan to leap into her current field of cybersecurity, was an impactful mentor and coach of hers who has an inspiring story themselves. Her high interest in academia led her to transition off of active duty and into the Army National Guard so she could deepen her studies that led to her earning her Bachelor's of Science in Business Management, Marketing and Communications at Norwich University. She later joined the Shamois Company as a procurement analyst and logistics coordinator, and later the Boeing Company in fall 2018. While at the Boeing Company, she earned her Executive Master of Business administration at Villanova University. Oh my gosh, Jordan, you have amazing, amazing, amazing award um, that speaks for itself. Thank you so much for joining us today. And that will lead me to this question to start our podcast by asking you straightforward, um, when when did you first get interested in technology? Thank you so much for having me. I would say that my interest in technology has always been there. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I'm a huge technology fan. Like so I, I've always been drawn to gadgets. I've always been inspired by my family, um, particularly one of my cousins who is a huge tech information technology manager in Jamaica right now. Um, he always had me exposed to different computers and even just like my own personal 
even my own personal um, endeavors in just like learning about the CPU back in 2006, around that time when I first, when we first had our first CPU, um, dating myself here just a little bit, but um, I've always just been intrigued by what technology has always been, is, and it will continue to be. Yes, you you nailed it. It will always, always, always be. Um, so that will prompt me. Um, what prompts you to join the military? Academia, for sure. At first, I would say I definitely joined the military initially for um, the opportunity to go to college. I've always wanted to go to college. Later in life, I learned that being I was a first generation student um, out of my my siblings, um, and so it's just like for me. Um, joining the military initially, it was all about academia, going in, serving, learning, and getting my, my, my degree. But then while I was going through the basic training, while I was going through AIT training, while I was stationed at my first duty station in Fort Stewart, Georgia, I learned so much more about myself from like the discipline that the military instilled in me to just like the daily things that makes a soldier, um, efficient as well as uh, brave as many young 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 um, men and women and even just men and women in general sorry who would say that they are honored to have veterans um, in service and so I would say for me it started off with academia and then it grew into so much more I found that I was really good at what my job I enjoyed the people I enjoyed the learning I enjoyed the service of I enjoyed being selfless in a way that I was not just like serving myself, but also serving, representing and serving my country. Awesome. I love the statement about bravery because we know that we are stepping in into a world where um, technology is very male dominant. So I would like to hear how did that intersect with your interest in tech? So I've never, oh, like it's weird because I never saw technology as just like male dominant. I knew there was like a gender, gender discrepancy. I always like, when I saw women like Katherine um, Johnson, when I saw women, um, it, it's just like, it, it's it's like, I never like saw like the, the inefficiencies with women or just like the the small number. It wasn't until later, like when I was more aware that it, it was just like, okay, now I'm in this field, who do I turn to as a mentor? And I was like, wait a minute, there's not a lot of women that look like me. There's not a lot of women in this field. Um, what's been going on? And so it's like, I was a bit naive with just like some of the nostalgia around technology and just like being a female in technology that when it came, when I, when I came into that space, I was like um, really just in awe of what is currently um, the, the, the numbers. And it just made it even more of a passion of mine to ensure that I not only advocate for myself, but anything that I learn, anything that I'm exposed to, I, I like to say, reach my hand back and just like pull someone else up with me and like share the information and resources that I, that's been shared with me. Awesome. I, I, I hear there is a lot of being a pillar for others um, based on the um, on what you just shared with us. So um, let's go back a little bit of you um, being in the military. What was it like working in the military, your role? How did your career develop over time? So I would say basic training was rough. Um, it's weird because you go to basic training, you're in this holding space for maybe about a week, two weeks until your drill sergeants arrive. And I was like, oh, in that two week period, I was like, oh, I can do this. It's not hard. And then the drill sergeants arrive and you're like, 
you get on the bus, they're, they're, they're strict, they get, you get on the bus, and then you get, I was, I was stationed at Fort Stewart for my drill, but for my drills, for my basic training, but um, once I got off the bus, it was like, no games, everyone, the drill sergeants were just like, in character, and it was like, oh, I'm really doing this, so for me, I would say that the, being in the military had its ups and downs from day one, through till when I um, left active duty till when I left the National Guard. It's always just been, um, it's always been inspiring. It's for women, I would say that it's definitely evolved over since I first joined and, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but I would say that it's definitely not as easy as you think. Um, some of the times I reflect and say, I really did that. Like, especially like knowing that I'm the friendships that I've developed over the years, the, the camaraderie that I have and, and just like the passion that I have for the people that I've served with. Um, it's like, it's, it's definitely an experience that I honor greatly to this day. Awesome. It is definitely a act of bravery because the further I could go was um, GROTC. And that was it for me. That's the furthest I could go. Um, so um, definitely more prompts to you there. So um, Jordan, how how did you interact with technology while in the military? Like give us any observation on the military relationship with, with tech. So I would say that it was helpful being in my first duty station, at my first duty station that I was a part of a military intelligence company. Um, I was exposed to quite a few interest in technology um, pieces, um, some I can't talk about today, but it was like being exposed in that capacity and then just like learning the learning and understanding the supply chain around um, those technology. It was really insightful to see like what we really have in our in our like dossier to defend our great or to defend our to defend our nation. Awesome. Um, one thing that I'm pretty sure you already know that when we're thinking about success or changing roles, we always um, have this plan, either is to planning or drawing boards or vision board that this is what I want to do in this amount of years or space or months or weeks, right? So can you tell us about your move into tech a little bit? It's interesting you mentioned a vision board because it wasn't until around 2020 that I actually I've always liked vision boards, like the idea of getting together, cutting magazines out and piecing together. I like the art around it. Um, I didn't really get intentional about my future until, well, the first wave was in 2012 when I really got serious about my future and what my career would look like or what my path would look like. And then um, it's funny because I made a plan and some of the things in that plan I did not did not accomplish. I accomplished other things, and I, I you know I was recognized for other things, and I achieved other things from that. And so when it comes to like a vision or just like making that pivot, it really came to an incremental piece. Like I knew my purpose. Part of my purpose at the time was to go to school, get a degree, um, grow, learn. Because um, I'm a continuous learner, so it's just like I constantly enjoy opportunities to learn and grow and share what I've I've learned. And so I would say knowing that I, my initial goal and my initial purpose was to get, to get a, to go to school and, and learn and, and integrate. Cause I'm, I'm also an immigrant. Um, well, I was an immigrant. Um, mm -hmm. and so it's just like immigrating to the U S I did my, did my schooling in Jamaica, came here and I, I wanted to expand on that. Um, I wasn't always the greatest at school, 
particularly in science, in, 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 in STEM related courses. So it was interesting as I got older, how, my, how that passion shifted and how that passion grew. And so my purpose from shifting from academia, um, I would say like once I accomplished um, earning my master's degree, I really sat down and I thought to myself, what is it that I would see myself doing outside of music, outside of art, outside of writing? Uh, what is it that I could see myself doing? And I came across um, this article where it's just like, if you choose five things and stick to those five things, um, uh, it's, it's, it's also a paraphrase of what Warren Buffett outlined in like uh, when you're trying to make a decision or when you're trying to um, create a, create your, generate your purpose. But I chose five things, which for me was one to keep me fit and active. And that was staying in the military and or um, really taking health and fitness seriously. Um, and so it's just like the, something to keep me fit and healthy, something to make me money, something to keep me creative and two others that I cannot remember right now. But my service in the military fit one, my passion for academia fit the other, um, my career both in the military and outside of the military fit a third. And then I would say that the, the most impactful to me was um, something to keep that I, would, I wouldn't mind doing each and every day that would seem, wouldn't seem as stressful or wouldn't seem like work. And that was the integration between art and technology for me. And so like knowing that I have a creative side, like I get to use both my left side and right, left and right side of my brain each and every day, working in the field that I'm working in, because there is, there is some, there is a lot of um, art within technology and technology within art. And so it's just like being able to combine those two with my expertise in cybersecurity and just like my expertise in music and art. It's, it's like, it was, it was like that deciding factor that made me pivot into cybersecurity full time. Awesome. As a fellow immigrant, I feel safe to say that um, coming from a world where um, another part of the world where schooling is different, um, the, our ac academic um, level is different, like everything about schooling coming from um, the Caribbeans will be different walking into the United States and this, this big this big um, state of opportunity, um, right? So while you are um, looking at back at the, the, that wasn't your forte, that's not something that you were related or wanted to do, but yet looking now, what made you decide to pursue your bachelor's degree in uh, marketing and business administration? This is just something that always came natural to me. Um, and it's, it's fun because with, even though I have a bachelor's degree in business and with concentration marketing communication, I was able to, to tailor my degree program at Norwich University. After I completed like my core requirements, um, I got to choose some of my electives and like tailor around theater arts. So I, I participated, I have a minor in English really, where most of those classes was in writing and theater and literature. And so each semester I'd be a part of a musical or a part of a um, a, a, a play production. So it's like, I got to, I, part of my business degrees were like, I got to learn about business. I got to learn about organization. I got to learn about strategy. Um, and then, you know, the fun classes, like the math classes that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that at another time, but, um, but I got to, got, got exposed to things that kept me creative and passionate and, and, and kept me sane throughout my time in, in, in undergrad. How, how, how does that degree um, decision impacted your life? I would say that it, like being 
Um, when I earned my bachelor's degree, I would say that it impacted my life greatly because it was just like, oh, I earned this. I did this. I'm experienced the people that I've met. Um, you know, I'm able to apply. That was the biggest piece, like being able to apply and see how all, all that I've learned during that time um, is applicable in society as well, as well as applicable back into the military because I was still in the military at the time um, after I completed my bachelor's degree. And so it was just like, for me to be able to apply all that I've learned um, during that program, it was really impactful to the person that I was back then. Awesome. And um, let's um, take it a little step back on um, the cybersecurity piece, which is I'm very excited and looking forward to hear more about. Um, when did you start working in cybersecurity? I would say a year ago, as of Friday would make a year. I would say I started in May 20, full-time May 20, 2022. But out before that, I was part of different organizations, doing research on um, YouTube and just like connecting with other online personnel, um, learning about pen testing, learning about um, coding. I, and then I also took a couple classes during the summer, during my breaks in between class. But I would say full-time in cybersecurity started in May 20, 2022. So Friday will be my anniversary, one year anniversary, full-time. Awesome. 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 I'm just a little curious. Was that um, pivoting to cybersecurity part of your vision board as well? It became a part of my vision board after I updated in 2021. And, and that's where I mentioned to you, like after I got my, my MBA, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, I, I accomplished my first goal. It's like, what's next for me? What would I enjoy doing? And that's where I was like, I, I came up with the five things that I would enjoy doing that would keep me happy and would it feel like work. Um, I knew there was going to be work go pivoting and going into it. And so like, even like the year before I pivoted into cybersecurity, I connected with the then manager of the team that I'm on now, senior manager of the team that I'm on now. And I asked her like, what are some, um, what, what's some advice that you have for me to pivot into this role? Um, how would you, what would an excellent candidate look like for your team? What would they need to learn? And I pretty much had that information with her, took all that she, she, she gave me. And I enrolled that same summer in um, St. Louis University Workforce Center. And I joined their boot camp for the CompTIA. I joined their boot camp for the CISSP. And even just like going through those training and getting those certifications, it was like, oh, I knew most of this already because again, I was exposed to it by other um, influencers as well as other mentors of mine in that field. And so I would say that inspiration has always been there. And so just to make that pivot, it was easier for me knowing that I had that support. I want to take a moment to highlight a very, very important piece that you just shared with us just now is taking the time to connect, to connect with the department or the um, senior manager or the director or the leader of that department that you are envisioning to join and actually doing the homework on what would it take? What would it take on my end as a women in tech, as an individual, as a go-getter, as an immigrant, right? Um, what would it take? And as a veteran in tech, or what would it take for me to be able to um, call your team my next home? 
And you just, you did just that. And I wanted to make sure that it get highlighted where you took the extra step to be able to um, find out what is needed for um, from you um, to evolve in whatever the area that needs to be evolved in um, to be seen at the next person in line um, for that position. So um, that being said, I would love to hear about what was your career like after leaving the active services um, by highlighting your experiences at, at the Boeing company. So I, I love that you you wanted to learn, you, you asked about my experience with the military and then like what that transition was like with the Boeing company. I would say leaving active duty to the National Guard was a huge cultural shock. To that point where it's like, even now in my being with the Boeing company, I'm a part of the, I'm a member of the Boeing Veterans Engagement um, team. And I'm active in it in a way where it's just like, if there's an event where veterans are transitioning, I'm there to share. Because that transition was definitely a cultural shock. And I definitely share, even with my own friends that are still in, like, be prepared on doing this before you get out. It's, it'll help with your transition. Um, but I would say that initial transition off active duty into National Guard was a cultural shock. Um, after about maybe like a year and a half in the National Guard, um, before I decided to, to fully transition out of the Army, um, I would say that it was easy for me to um, transition because I had the support of the company that I was with at the time, Kimmel's. And then I had the support of the Boeing company, who was a huge, huge, like I was so nervous about going to drill when I first joined the Boeing company because I was like, well, I don't know what this will look like. Will I still have my job? No, they have a huge, 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 huge team that's like there to help veterans who are actively serving in the National Guard and have to go off the drill um, while working full time. Like it was, it was, it, it made it easy for me to, to make that safe transition for myself. And so um, I would say like, again, the military has always provided me solace and, and comfort and safety and just like discipline. And it was, it was, it still is amazing how Bowen was able to still live up, actually exceed that expectation of mine to provide me with stability, safety, security, discipline, and patience because uh, working in the field that I'm working, being a part of this huge airspace industry, um, I, I would even say like pioneer in the field where it's just like things, no two days are the same. And so being able to um, gracefully and patiently pivot and transition each day, um, I would say being a part of a company that recognizes and honors veterans and provides them that space to transition made it feel and even exceed that feeling of feeling safe to do, be my best self. Awesome. It is so comforting to hear that as a, as a veteran, you're able to find an organization that able to help through that transition and able to provide you um, a home and um, a wide range of support for you to be able to continue being yourself as a veteran. So um, that being said, as a veteran, what role do you think um, technology should play in veterans' affairs, health services, trainings, you name it. What do you think technology should play in that area? All of the above and then some. And I would say technology should, technology is present in, in as uh, for veterans. Technology is present within service and out of service. But I would say to emphasize and create spaces to allow those 
new to the space, like people who aren't strong at math, because I'm not strong at math, but I'm strong at science mm -hmm. and obviously technology. And so it's just like some sciences, but it's just like allow people who are exploring those opportunities to have that space to fail first and, and try again harder. Um, because it's like, it took me being safe or feeling safe to explore technology to help me pivot into technology. So, so it's just like for veterans in technology or for, for veterans and how technology can um, play a, a bigger role for veterans and non-veterans is companies and organizations and the military should create those space and should create those workshops. Just like how there's a PT test for in the, mil in the military or there's a, um, a training for like resilient, master resiliency and all those different trainings that we require to keep our military um, service members sharp, there should be training, um, team building training on technology and in all the other fields in, within STEM of being made available. Awesome. Um, I love the way that you talk about in every different area within within the military, technology um, should be elevated. So that triggers this question here for, for us here at Women Who Code and for our listeners as well. So how can technology help the lives of veterans or help the government to do better in caring for them? Veteran care is definitely new to me. Um, I recently, even myself, just like made a greater effort into to go into the VA and using the VA services um, because I would say technology it should technology should advance and enhance and provide safety for veterans. And so, even just like help VA healthcare, a veteran should not have to wait months. Um, a veteran should not have to wait longer than three weeks to get seen, um, especially for mental health. A veteran should not take, it should not take a veteran more than a week to be screened and helped, um, especially if they're injured. Um, because the service that they give to the country, there's no time limit. It's, it's, it's yes, the base training is like three to three to four months, but some base training is three to four months. But after that time period, they're 24 seven. And so I think technology should should enhance the lives of veterans after they've served. So um, Jordan, as a veteran, as a um, immigrant from the Caribbean, I, 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 I already um, got the idea that you are from Jamaica. So um, what, what would you have for someone coming from your similar, similar background and similar position as you that is looking to get in the tech industry? What would you advise them? I would say be curious, network. Um, networking is a huge thing. Like, don't be afraid to reach out and ask questions. Don't be afraid to um, do your research. Like, you have to come prepared. Like, you have to come prepared um, to, 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 to do your part because, yes, someone can give you all the information, but they, and they can hold your hand, but they can only hold your hand up to a certain point. And so it's like, you have to have. Um, patience within yourself, the courage to, to network and do your part to um, to help your vision come to come to. It's funny because I, I wish I knew that I'm from Haiti. So I wish I knew <laughs> that you were from Jamaica because I could have related more on our um, background as immigrants as well to relate to the question. So I hope I didn't overdo it, but I wanted to highlight the fact that you came with, with a passion and an idea and, and a, a goal and a vision. And we end up making it 
happen, even if it wasn't a straight path, but you make it happen anyway. And to be an inspire an inspiration for girls or women back home that might be listening to this, that might be um thinking about doing it, but doesn't know the way to do it. And here you are paving the way for them to be able to look at this and be like, okay, Jordan just confirmed that I need to move forward with my plan on pursuing um, pursuing women in tech. So I, I, I really, 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 really appreciate it. And I'm glad that I, I was able to pick on that even in the middle of our conversation where we were able to elevate that because it's needed. It's needed back home and it's needed for them to know that they have the opportunity to do that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny because I love the fact that we're from Caribbean, from the Caribbean and it's just like, um, we're here and it's like whether you're first gen, second gen, or third gen generation immigrant from mm -hmm. any country, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, being this is one of I, I have a book coming out in a couple of weeks and it's like you one didn't of, say anything about that. You should have I forgot, I forgot, but I can't forget my own book, but I did forget. But I do have my first book that I'm authoring. Um it's an anthology, so it's a collection of poems and songs and 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 mm -hmm. and instrumentals that I've created but uh, one of the poems that I wrote was from a sea of bad gals and it's just like a homage to all the Caribbean women who Caribbean men and women who paved that way like Oliver Samuels, Miss Lou, um, Rihanna, huge yeah. Rihanna, sorry, Allison Hides, like all the women, Shaggy, like Brian Lee and the, the, the Dragoneers, Bob Marley, like all the men and women um, you know, even to our, our, our late Harry Belafonte, like all the men and women before us, um, that whether it be first gen, second or third, that paved the way for us in music and technology and in these spaces, um, it was just like it's definitely homage to to them and and to the to the hard work of our parents that yes. um, really made the sacrifice for us to live our dreams and, and find our own space in this world. That is amazing because definitely even in the in the army, right? It was at a time where it wasn't a woman thing. And no. then now it became, right, right. Now it became a woman thing. So through the whole interview, um, the the recording, I was thinking about all of those things and said and was like, okay, I have to add a little spin on it to make sure that we address the fact that things are changing and they are moving so fast. And just being able to be that voice or one of many of the many of the first voices, right? To uh, to pave the way for them, it's amazing. Um, it was a pleasure and a privilege. Oh my God, I can't wait for your book to come Thank out. You. Thank uh, maybe you. that will post into LinkedIn. Right, so the, I, I, wouldn't, I, I would be really excited to, even let us know about it. You let us know about it. And then on our end here, um, as a women technologist um, to watch award, um, there is things can happen. So you never know. So let, <laughs> let's stay connected and let us know so we can make sure that those things get elevated, not only um, to everyone, but to our community and beyond. So um, we, I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate being here. It really is a privilege. And it's just like a fellow Caribbean sister on the line. It's yeah. definitely. Yes, definitely. Oh my goodness. I, I really wish because I would have just pressured you on the Caribbean thing throughout the other coming. And the pato would have come out even more. Right.
so that being said, if you if you could invent any technology to help veterans, what it, what would it be? To help veterans themselves, I would say, um, I have to think about that one. I would say, I already have my idea for helping people. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm big on communication and networks. So it's just like, I already have that idea uh, thanks to Star Trek and that, that vision that I, I had for myself to, um, to invent something. But I would, let me take a minute to think about for veterans. Cause there's so many things that I would say. So it's just like, um, if I had to invent any form of technology or service or technology um, or software as a service to help veterans, I would say I would, it would some, be something around um, veteran care. Um, it would be something around creating a, an on-demand technology service or software that would help veterans in crisis, whether it be mental, financial. Um, so it would be along those lines, so mental health and financial stability and financial literacy for veterans, um, technology around that. I love that. Maybe it is something that needs to be put put in the um, never vision. know. Yes, definitely. So um, I know that. Oh my God, there is so much to learn from you to hear because you accomplished so much, so much um, that even if you deviate from your plan, you stick to it, and now you are that amazing human being that you are today. So, any Thank final you. thoughts for our listeners? Any ways that they can follow you? Um, this is the time to share. So I would say that one, I'm available on pretty much all social media platforms. I'm pretty more, I'm more active on LinkedIn. Um, the spelling of my first name is, is definitely key to finding me. Um, so if you, my first name is spelled right, they will find me. Um, but I would say for the listeners out there, if you are interested in pivoting to cybersecurity, if you're interested in any aspect of technology, if you're interested in integrating your passion within for music and technology, or just like need advice, um, reach out to myself, I'm always available, as well as other people within my network who I'm sure would always be available to answer any question. My book is titled Light Soul, Dark Academia. It's an anthology set over, for over the last 10 years, sharing experiences, the places that I've traveled, the people that I've met, um, in the form of poetry and prose, songs and instrumentals, like instrumentals that I've created myself. Um, and so it's just like, it's an opportunity for me to just like share a collective of some of the works that I've, I've, I've done over the last 10 years, um, both outside of technology, but then also incorporating technology because one thing that I forgot to mention earlier is like when I was 10, I wrote my very first song by myself. And when I was 15, um, I wrote my first song with, um, Devante from Tantra Metro and Devante. Um, he helped me create my very first song that's somewhere on my MySpace repository right now. Um, but it was it was those moments that like further enhanced my passion and drive for not just technology, but also music. And so it's just like bringing those worlds together and being able to share this book um, that will be ready for pre-release on June 17th. Um, if you're in the DMV area, I am having a book launch party, but like um, being able to share uh, that those the collection of work and with the people that I that's been a part of it, um, it's super inspiring and inspiring and super exciting for me to be able to to share and also represent my Caribbean sisters and brothers because again, um, there's definitely poetry and music that honor my Caribbean and heritage.
So the last thing that I'd like to add is the resources made available that are out there for anyone that's interested in pivoting technology or specifically cybersecurity. Um, there are different organizations, Blacks in Cyber, Black Women in Cyber, Girls Who Code, Women Who Code, um, and, and just like Women in Cybersecurity, all these different affiliations, organizations, affiliations are out there and are resources for you um, to learn as well as connect I know there's also a young influencer that I, I follow her, Maya um, Love Code. She has tons of resources out there for anyone that's interested in pivoting cybersecurity and or software engineering. Um, she's a software engineer herself. And so just like being able to learn from them. Um, another one would be, uh, this one is based out of Brooklyn, New York. The name of the resources that's based out in um, Brooklyn, New York, to that is, is primarily focused on helping um, young and aspiring um, cybersecurity professionals is Crypto Harlem. And that's led by Matt Mitchell. Like he's a huge inspiration. And I recently had the privilege of being introduced to him. Um, he's, a, he's definitely a great resource as well. Awesome. I am so sad this is coming to an end, Jordan. I, it was an amazing opportunity to be able to share this moment with you as a veteran, as a woman in tech, as a award winner and I'm pretty sure it's gonna keep going um and maybe we can follow up on another episode where we can give us a lot more of your accomplishment along the way but it was an extreme pleasure to be able to share the space with you today and be able to provide um your your expertise, not only your expertise and your way of um, through cybersecurity, um, through our listeners, our women who code uh, members, our podcast listeners, and I, I really do appreciate it. And I'm pretty sure our organization and members appreciate it as well. well thank you so much for having me. It definitely is a privilege just like to, to fast forward 10 years later. 10 plus years later that I'm here sharing my expertise and, and just like sharing and, and, and avid, continuously advocating for women in technology, men in technology, veterans, especially in technology, because there's a space for everyone in technology. And so it's just like, I'm, I'm, it's an honor and a privilege just to be here um, and represent not just like myself, but also my company. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash womenwhocode. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.